Oh, hi. Welcome in. You're here for the Echoplex Media Broadcast. Oh, great. Me too. Uh, my podcast, the Full Dash Closure Audiobook and Podcast, actually sponsors Echoplex Media. Yeah. We're also on, on podcatchers like Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Amazon, uh, you name it. We're, we're on there. Yeah, it's about um, not just the gig economy, but corporate AI and the future of human employment and our economy. Uh, and it's it's really applicable to everybody. I think you'll be fascinated. So check it out. We've actually got uh, 14 episodes up now. So um, yeah, yeah, check that out. Let's uh, let's 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 watch Echoplex Media now. Let's see what Dave's up to. Imagine a drone army of Mark Zuckerberg clones stomping on a human face forever. Fuck off, Jericho! I don't wanna hear it! Fuck off, Jericho! Read it to the lyrics! Don't let the fuck 
All right, everybody, welcome to the Plex. <clears throat> we do this show live every Sunday, 7 p.m. Pacific, right here on Twitch, twitch.tv slash echoplexmedia. Uh, pardon my voice is a little bit hoarse. Good thing I have two days off after this show. I'll probably make it through the whole show, though. Um, <clears throat> you can support this project at eplex.store. Uh, there's a membership function there, just like Patreon. A little bit better than Patreon, though. You get discounts on our items if you sign up there. Also, we have a promo running all week that the bot will tell you about. Uh, half off all the stickers that I fulfill myself. myself. And <clears throat> everybody make sure... You check out episode 200 of the Intellectual Dollar Tree on Wednesday. I have something really cool planned. And there's also a limited edition episode 200 Intellectual Dollar Tree shirt on our uh, website or on adiplex.store. So I'm producer Dave. You can find me on your grinder grid. And this is what the people want. I don't hate the cops. And there's a person inside when the truncheon stops Oh, donate the cops Oh, when the raiders come Who will protect the shops? Donate the cops They're a sensitive bunch If you don't stop throwing your rocks Snap, crackle, pop Is the sound of a taser Your body drops Donate the cops oh, Donate the cops Donate the cops oh, Donate the cops like your local police Cause they don't do nothing wrong Like your local police Got rid of the corruption And the racism is gone They've been keeping the peace Keeping homeless folks out of the parks and malls Got a cure for your social disease Follow the law, don't hate the cops Follow the law, don't hate the cops First, we have out of Washington, D.C., there is a Restoring Americans' Confidence in Elections uh, 
hearing basically in the Congress, <clears throat> but it's specifically about the city of DC and their election integrity, not about the whole country. They're just mad at DC probably because the district of Columbia, the people in DC just always, always vote Democrat and the house is controlled by the Republicans. There's a lot of clips in this. We'll see how much of it we get through. Uh, Mr. Chairman, uh, let me begin, uh, Mr. Cuccinelli. Did Joe Biden win the 2020 presidential election? Well, he's the president today, so yes. Yes, he did win the election. Mr. Speed, <laughs> is that, that's your answer? He did win the election. He's the Mr. president today, so yes, he won the election. Well, question of whether or not it's the president and the question of whether or not he won the election are actually two different questions. In your opinion, did he win the election? Uh, he uh, is the president today, and he got the. And he, it's because he won that election. Yes. Okay. And uh, he won that election because the Hunter Biden story was suppressed, and because of Zuckerberg's. Wow. Because of what? Uh, Mr. Spees, <laughs> did Joe Biden win the 2020 presidential election? George Bush won the 2000 and 2004 election. Donald Trump won the. 2016 election, Brian Kemp won the 2018 election, and Joe Biden won the 2020 election. All, will ch all were challenged. Um, well, that's pretty good. <clears throat> this is, this is going to be amazing. These, these people are all just incredibly stupid. Here is a, <clears throat> here's a clip of, a, of a Congressman Raskin talking about, um, you know, the former president trying to overturn the election. Ms. Weiser, um, we just went through the unprecedented agony of a president of the United States trying to overthrow a presidential election, trying to get the vice president of the United States to step outside of his constitutional role and to declare the president who lost uh, the victor in the election. Uh, we heard people uh, not far from here chanting, hang Mike Pence, hang Mike Pence, driving him out of the body. There was an attempt to substitute the loser for winner in a presidential election. We experienced a violent insurrection. There have been hundreds of convictions. Uh, people have just been convicted of seditious conspiracy, which means conspiracy to overthrow the government. And now, um, instead of dealing with that reality, which poses a serious threat to the union, a dagger pointed at the throat of the United States of America. Instead, our colleagues come forward uh, with legislation to try to impose a photo ID on local elections in the District of Columbia. Do you see something as um, uh, strange or perverse about this response to the actual threats to democracy in America? Thank you for your question. Um, I do agree that the ASAC does not address these critical threats that are urgent and that Congress needs to address um, as quickly as possible heading into federal elections um, and um, instead focuses on actually rolling back voting rights solely in the District of Columbia. Uh, thank you. I yield back, Mr. Chairman. The gentleman yields back. The gentleman. Yeah, they're like just they're just meddling in like the local elections in Washington D.C. because they why well, don't they don't have anything else to do in Congress? It's going to meddle in the local elections in D.C. Okay, whatever. Page four, right to rise USA violated fifty two U.S.C. three hundred one two one a two when its agent Neil Bush solicited a foreign national for a political contribution. Right to rise USA violated fifty two U.S. 
C301218 by accepting APEC's contributions, respondents will cease and desist and will pay a civil penalty to the commission in the amount of $390,000. And this was signed by, for the respondents by you, Mr. Spees, on February 13th, 2019. Do you deny any of that? I would be happy to explain if you'd like to give me more time. Sure, and we can also explain it by entering into this record how a Chinese-owned firm entered U.S. presidential politics August 3rd, 2016, intercept, Mr. Chairman. With, without, without objection, the, Thank you. The, the, the gentleman may answer Please. the question. What you just read is that somebody solicited that the conciliation agreement agreed that Mr. Bush solicited foreign uh, a foreign national. And what that meant is that he spoke with the counsel of a foreign uh, foreign parent company about what- He almost just said foreign spy, I think. Money ...to be contributed. No foreign money was contributed to the super PAC. No, it, it, was, it says you accepted APEC's contributions. If it was American money, why would you be entering into an agreement to- uh, embrace your own guilt in the matter. Uh, I was well, the counsel for an organization that found it was better to conciliate than continue to litigate. Okay, so you did plead guilty to it. I didn't plead guilty. Well, that man is a spy. His name is, he's telling on himself with his name. If you're listening to the podcast, that guy's last name is Spies. I've seen burn notice. I know how to spot a spy. Um, Oh man. Okay. So here's uh, Clay, Clay Clay Higgins. Uh, apparently, uh, asking the witness kind of dumb questions. You strike me as 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 a good lady with beautiful intent to serve her community. I I sense that you're. Was this a congressperson? Serious about doing your job, and I commend you for that. And I would ask you candidly here before the entire country is there any single measure of the legislation proposed that you would consider to be a common sense control that should be enacted to help us secure our elections in your jurisdictional authority is there any measure here in my role as the executive director, I do not um, provide opinions. I'm asking for your opinion. I'm giving you, I'm giving you the opportunity, good lady. Thank we you. We recognize, I respect you as an American. I've stated as such. I'm asking you, is there not one common sense measure within this where we could seek concurrence and agreement? This is the diplomatic way. Thank you for the question. As I mentioned, I am here in my official capacity as the executive director of DC Board of Elections. So you're gonna decline this opportunity it, to opine it, is the way I- Yeah, she just said it's not my job to give my opinion. Well, let me the, say, the, the we're gonna move forward. We're gonna move forward the, it, as, a, as a body. Mr. Chairman, my time the, has expired. Thank you very much. The gentleman's time has expired. Ms. Sewell is yeah, she's like, I'm sorry, it's not my job to give my opinion. He's like, so you're de going to decline to opine? And she's like, well, yeah. that's It's not her job to give her opinion. She just said that she's the director of some something there. I forget exactly what she said, but yeah, she's not a political pundit. She's there in her official capacity. Here's, a, here's from AOC. 
talking about uh, D.C. voting. Decline to opine. I want to be clear about uh, what is happening here. The D.C. City Council has passed and enacted a number of pro-voting policies to increase voting accessibility and to protect the right to vote. Now, what we are seeing here introduced by the other side of the aisle um, is to pass legislations that would legislation that would strip the D.C. government and its residents of their ability to determine the rules that govern their elections. So let's take a look at the policies that the District of Columbia has passed that are now under threat. Ms. Weiser, D.C. residents can register on the same day and vote, correct? That is correct. And how long has same-day registration been in place in the District of Columbia? Um, I believe it's been in place for a decade. Ten years, a decade. And in 2020, the D.C. General Auditor found uh, that in its audit of the 2020 election, that same-day registration came with, quote, no evidence of fraud or glitches. Yet despite this, the legislation before us would eliminate same-day registration. And in your testimony, you stated that eliminating same-day registration after 10 years of successful use would serve no valid purpose. So I ask you, given that the legislation here being presented by the Republican side of the aisle um, would be to eliminate it, what possible reason could we could there be to eliminate same-day registration when it's been so successful and so devoid of fraud? I can't think of any valid reason to eliminate this pro-voter reform that's working well in states across the country and has been working well in D.C. for a decade. There is no valid reason. I mean, we know why. They, they want less people to vote. That's what all this is about. They, they just want less people to vote. And this, again, this is mostly in regards to the local elections there. So it's like you're just meddling in somebody else's shit. And the reason they're able to do this is because D.C. isn't a state. If D.C. was a state, they wouldn't really be able to do a lot of this stuff. Just yet another reason we need to make D.C. a state so that they have some fucking political power. There's a lot of people in that, in, in that zone that isn't a state. More than in some states. Here's uh, more from uh, AOC. So we have heard from experts that there is no valid reason to be eliminating same-day registration, mail-in ballots. If there is no valid reason, I think it stands to conclude that the only real reason um, that we see this push is political. It's a political reason. And in one of the blackest cities of America, to have... And to even have the idea of proposing the federal government strip voting rights in one of the blackest cities in this country that has a history of enslavement, a history of that, a history of uh, freed people seeking refuge here and then being punished with disenfranchisement, this cuts to the core of not just the present moment, but American history. I think what is striking about this is how afraid the other side of the aisle is of free and fair elections. And last year, Republicans were so afraid of a fully representative democracy in the District of Columbia that they insisted on denying the people of DC statehood. 
Today, Republicans are so afraid. Well, they've insisted on denying the people of D.C. statehood for the whole time. Dominantly black voters who have been disenfranchised for as far back as when black people were enslaved in the United States of America. This has nothing to do with election integrity. This is about racial control. And this is not new. We have to look no further than an explanation from Senator John Tyler Morgan of Alabama, a former Confederate and a slaveholder who said at the time, quote, in the face of this influx of a black population from the surrounding states, Congress found it necessary to disenfranchise every man in the District of Columbia in order thereby to get rid of this load, quote unquote, of black suffrage that was flooded in upon them. That is the true statement. History cannot be reversed. No man can misunderstand it. Straight verbatim from history. And it is shameful to see that recreated today. I yield back. The genuine lady. Yo, that everything she said there is true. And it's exactly why they're trying to do it. They, they just want to make it harder for people to vote. They always do. And they don't, they, it's, and they're always trying to make it, you know, it's, it's always in like cities basically. And because cities are diverse places where a lot of liberals live. So this is, you know, it's the same old song. We'll do a couple more clips from this and then we'll move on because we have a lot to cover this, this evening. Jump right back in it. Washington, D.C. has not had a single modern instance of voter fraud. The Republicans' own Heritage Foundation election fraud cases database lists zero instances of voter fraud in D.C. since 1979. Three D.C.-based hearings in, and I can only think of one reason why we are here yet again to give and conduct all of this oversight on this one mid-sized city that doesn't have a state or any representation. We're not seeing this oversight over conservative areas. We're not seeing this oversight over majority white areas or white states. So it must be that DC has over 45% of black folks with a very suppressible vote because that's the real goal here, to disenfranchise black and brown voters. Republicans know that when people are able to vote freely and without odd constraints, like two long lines uh, in places that they cannot access or rules that suppress their ability to access the ballot and to vote, when they can vote, they don't win elections. So they make it as difficult as possible and outright deny the right to many Americans. Yep, that's true, and that's a good place to leave this story. This is this is just they're just doing this in D.C. because it's the people in D.C. vote against them. So they're like, well, I'm going to make it harder for you to vote because you vote for the other party, and um, it's just crazy again because like <clears throat> D.C. has more people than the state of Wyoming, and yet it, it doesn't get to be a state. That's pretty stupid. So. We're going to move on here. We're going to, we're going to, here's a news hit from uh, ABC News Live. And it is their news hit about Trump being the target of a special counsel investigation. And we have a a bunch of clips of, uh, you know, Politico types uh, reacting to it, many of them negatively. For more on this, we want to bring in ABC News contributor and former FBI agent Asha Rangappa, now an assistant dean at Yale's Jackson School of Global Affairs. Asha, thanks for taking the time. I know this is breaking news at this hour. Explain what this means for the state of the investigation and what could actually happen next in the special counsel's probe. Well, Phil, this means that they are 
basically at the end of the investigation, at least the one that is the subject of the target letter, a target letter is issued when the Department of Justice wants to communicate to a person's lawyers that they are about to be prosecuted criminally, that they believe that a crime has been committed um, and charges are imminent. We know that Trump's attorneys met with Jack Smith, the special counsel's team, on Monday. And typically after a target letter is issued, the Department of Justice will give an opportunity for uh, the lawyers, the defendant's lawyers to come in and maybe make a case on why their client shouldn't be charged. That suggests that that's what that meeting was about. But it tells me that an indictment is is imminent, at least in the case that they wrote the letter about. Yeah, and this is one of several investigations into the former president, as you know. How significant is this probe into his handling of classified documents? And what sort of legal jeopardy does the former president face here? Yes, if charges do issue, I am looking for two main things. The first is uh, charges relating to his retention of classified information. Um, there are a number of statutes that could be implicated in this, but I think the one that is most likely is uh, one under the Espionage Act um, for willful retention of national defense information. Um, we know that he was that Trump was issued a subpoena and he did not comply fully with the subpoena and that more documents did not comply fully, like didn't comply at all after a search warrant was executed. So that would be the statute that I think um, would fit that. Also, obstruction of justice. And this is really the big, you know, kind of nail in the coffin because of sort of the constant efforts to conceal or resist turning over these documents. Um, and this would also distinguish, I think, Trump's case from the you know, inadvertent retention of classified documents by the former vice president, for example, or even the ongoing investigation right now uh, with President Biden and classified documents that have been found in his possession as well. Asha, we've seen dozens of former Trump aides now, as well as Secret Service agents who've testified before the grand jury. What does that tell us about the information they've been gathering about the former president's handling of those classified documents? Yeah, so this is a really unusual case in that you typically don't have a defendant where you have multiple people following them around all day. So the fact that the special counsel has been able to get... That's a good point. They were, yeah, there was a bunch of people around him all the time that were able to kind of see what he was doing. Secret service members to come in, testify to what they've seen, um, what they did on the president's on former President Trump's behalf is really a wealth of information that they normally wouldn't get. Remember that Secret Service agents also are sworn law enforcement officers, and they are trained to be observant. They are trained to actually testify in court. So they're also credible witnesses who will have a lot of information to give and also to flesh out all of the details uh, in the government's case. This this won't be, I think, if charges come based on thin evidence, they're going to have a number of witnesses, documents and and other hard evidence as well. ABC News contributor and former FBI agent Asha Rangappa. Asha, thank you so much. I'm not holding my breath here, but it, it's starting to look a little bit like uh, like this dude might be fucking cooked. Who knows, though? I mean, like rich, powerful people get away with all kind of shit. So I'm not I'm not super hopeful here. There's a lot of a lot of, a lot of kind of blue wave hashtag resistance people on Twitter, a lot of shit libs who are just 
ecstatic again. And they keep doing this to themselves. They keep getting excited that Trump's going to get perp walked. And unfortunately I think they're wrong and they're, they're just doing this. They're just uh, winding themselves up again. Like wait and see everybody wait and see. So here's a, here's from CNN. Apparently, uh, it's not always the best idea to record, uh, all of the conversations you have with people. CNN's Paula Reed broke this story. Paula Reed joins us now. Paula, it's big, big developments. Walk us through the transcript. Hey, well, good morning, Phil. Uh, this exclusive, of course, building on our bombshell report last week with Caitlin Collins and Caitlin Polans about this recording where the former president not only claims to have retained classified information, but also acknowledges the limits of his power to do so. And now we have the transcript of the relevant portion. And I'll read some parts of that, but it's clear he acknowledges or claims that he kept secret information. Now, in this recording, this was back in July 2021, he is speaking to some visitors at his New Jersey golf club. We know from our sources that among the people in the room were at least two people working on Mark Meadows' autobiography as well as some Trump aides. He is referring here to General Mark Milley. He says, quote, well, with Milley, uh, let me see that. I'll show you an example. He said that I wanted to attack Iran. Isn't that amazing? I have a big pile of papers. This thing just came up. On the tape, we're told that you can hear him rustling the papers at this point. Look, this was him. They presented me this. This is off the record, but they presented me this. This was him. This was the Defense Department and him. We looked at some. This was him. This wasn't done by me. This was him. I'll keep reading, but you can tell at least four times. You know, he emphasizes that this was Millie. He goes on to say all sorts of stuff. Pages long. Look, wait a minute. Let's see here. I just found, isn't this amazing? This totally wins my case. And I want to note here, he his case he's referring to here is this dispute with Millie, not the current pending criminal investigation. Except it is like highly confidential, secret. This is secret information. Look. look. <laughs> you fucking idiot. Are both, of course, levels of classification. What and a fucking idiot. The most damning quote, he says, he asks if he, someone in the room, if he can declassify it. And then he says, as president, I could have declassified, but now I can't. Oh, no. <laughs> Oh, you dumb fuck. ...have made about how he was able to declassify things once he left office or that he may have even had a standing declassification order. Like, yo, <laughs> you're just like fucking incriminating yourself on, on, on a call. You know that you're taping and you keep the tapes and you know that you're under investigation. Like what, what kind of, what, how, what kind of dumb fuck do you have to be? Yeah, to do that. Like somebody in chat just said, look at all my secret information. It's like, you're a dumb fuck. My God. So here's some of the usual talking heads uh, responding to this. Here's uh, Rudy talking about how he was the most effective advocate for uh, Trump. And uh, that's why he got canceled or what the fuck ever. Have more, have more cops, do with it. have more cops there. No, but when they say that, I think they're trying to delegitimize any question about any election, about election integrity. If you well, start questioning elections, it'll lead to a riot, that kind of thing. And they wanted to get rid of me, both as a lawyer, because I was one of his most effective lawyers. Remember, I changed the whole- Yo, no, this guy was not. He filed all those fucking lawsuits after the election and everything he filed got thrown, some of it got thrown out before there was even a hearing. Or And the Mueller Commission, before I came in, he was at about 36%, and by the time I left, 
Yeah. We had beaten the living daylights out of Mueller. He didn't even know where the hell he was at the hearing. And that Mueller report And then ultimately... on television, I've been one of his most effective spokespersons. Untrue. And me from television. Well, Fox hey, put me on. you're also one of the most effective mayors and effective Americans in, uh, in the history of this country, Mr. Uh, he's like, I Lear, I'm going to kiss your ass a little bit and get you off my show, you fucking crazy person. No, this guy wasn't effective in advocating for Trump. This guy's shit got thrown out. This guy, some of this guy's stuff was so bad, he almost got disbarred. That he's just wrong. <laughs> so, up next is uh, Tiny Dancer Ben Shapiro. He knows that Trump didn't really mean any harm when he did all this. Yeah, he didn't mean any harm. You know, he was just, you know, just, just goofing off. There's no question that the legal apparatus of the United States has been turned on Donald Trump. Now, to be fair, Donald Trump has a habit of playing with circumstances that open himself up to these sorts of investigations. That does not mean, however, that he should be prosecuted. Wait, why? He's a guy who's constantly skating on the edge. But skating on the edge does not mean that you should be prosecuted if similarly situated people are not prosecuted. Presumably, this prosecution that they're talking about from Jack Smith is about the classified documents at Mar-a-Lago. As we all know, this is silly. The reason this is silly, not only because Joe Biden had classified documents dating back decades in various offices stashed around the country, including in his garage. Where well, then prosecute him, too. Moral idiot son was staying. He just had his classified documents stacked up next to his Chevy in the garage. He also had it at his office at the Chinese Center for Chinese Grift up in Washington, D.C., did, did Joe Biden. And nobody made a peep about it. Nobody really cared about that. But, of course, Hillary Clinton was exonerated by the DOJ for literally setting up a private server to host emails that should have been on government servers and then bleach bidding them and then destroying the hard drives to prevent the knowledge of that. And it's only when we found out that those emails had showed up on Anthony Weiner's computer because she'd emailed them to Huma Abedin or whatever that we found out that those emails actually still existed and there was classified information in them and all that. And the DOJ literally rewrote the law in order to prevent Hillary Clinton from being prosecuted. You remember James Comey made a big announcement about it. He basically said she absolutely broke the law, but we're not prosecuting her because she did not have the intent to distribute this to foreign sources. He admitted in his statement to James Comey, then the head of the FBI, this would have been in 2016. He admitted that there was every opportunity for foreign sources to have hacked Hillary Clinton's hard drive. And that there was a good shot that those emails actually did end up in foreign hands. But he said she didn't intend to do that. It was just an oversight. It was just a mistake. I also, like, I'm not sure, like, that he's characterizing what these people were saying correctly. I don't know. I, I, it's been a while since this happened and I haven't been paying, you know, I don't, I don't go back over a lot of old news. I, I don't, I'm not sure that he's characterizing what these people were saying at the time uh, correctly. Protected. Therefore, we're not going to prosecute her because similarly situated people aren't prosecuted. Well, is there any evidence that Donald Trump meant to take these documents home to Mar-a-Lago and then hand them off to Vladimir Putin under cover of darkness? You remember, those were all the rumors at the time. The rumors at the time when this broke was that he was selling off our nuclear codes to the Chinese or some such nonsense. And it turns out that was all crap. Well, that's because, like, the nuclear codes change. <laughs> it's not, like, just by, like, yelling out whatever the nuclear code is, all of a sudden you're launching missiles. You also have to have access to, like, the people who would fire the nu the nukes. So just having like a series of numbers that was once a code or a series of, maybe it was alphanumeric string or whatever, that was once a code, that doesn't mean anything. Uh, the code probably change every day. They must. The theory that I had from the beginning was correct. That basically Trump was like, I like that document. It's nice. It's signed by Kim Jong-un. He and I are friends. Take it home. They call it Kim Jong-un. 
That was the actual reason he had the documents, not for any nefarious purpose, but because Trump likes things. And so he takes them. <laughs> well, that's wait a minute. What if I like your what if I like the shit in your studio, Ben? By the way, that's not even unique to Trump. Bill Clinton really liked a lot of the stuff at the White House. And so he just took it with him when he left in 2000. You remember this? He like took the cutlery in 2000 because Bill Clinton is trailer trash. But it is an amazing wait, what? thing that they're now talking about prosecuting Trump over mishandling of classified documents. Yo, Bill Clinton's trailer trash. You know who didn't take so much as a pen when they when he left the fucking White House is Barack Obama, right? That dude motherfucker is squeaky fucking clean. First fucking black president. You better bet they didn't take shit. They probably left stuff behind that belonged to them just on the off chance that somebody might think they stole it. Like uh, Trump likes things and he took so he took them. That's theft. That's like what theft is. And in this case, they were classified documents. Like, does it matter why? I, I kind of thought that he just wanted him to like show off to people at Mar-a-Lago. That was my guess when he got, um, they call it a raid when his uh, property was searched. Uh, that was my guess. I'm like, no, he probably like when the, if, if investigators came by, he probably showed him off to the investigators. Just be like, you know how important I am. I have classified documents. Yeah, that sounds right, but that doesn't... So what? So what? So up next, we got a Gymnasium Jordan with a take on all this. Instructed his aide to help him remove sensitive documents in defiance of a federal subpoena. A, does that trouble you? And B, if he thought that he had the right to have these documents, why was he trying so hard to hide them? No, it, it doesn't bother me because, again, you can't have obstruction of, a, of, of something when there was no underlying crime. The standard is set. The standard is, the standard is what the Constitution says. And the Commander-in-Chief, the President of the United States, has the ability to classify and control access to information. That's what the Constitution the and the States Court have anymore. said. So you can't obstruct when there's... there's, there's well, you can't obstruct... Wait, that's not true. The President can declassify things, sure, I guess, but... He has to declassify them for them to be declassified. And there's a process by which the president declassifies things. It's the fundamental flaw. If you, and you're just taking and when he him was at president, his word. He declassified the material. He's but been, he says point blank, he says that. point blank on tape as president, I could have declassified it. Now I can't. He says in his own words, it's on tape as part of this indictment that he did not declassify the material. Therefore, it is Dana, saying he saying he could have saying he could have is not the same as saying he didn't. He, he said, said he, now he I can't declassify this material. He said that mean now he can't right because right, he's not president now. But when he was which president, means he, that did it's classified. he said that which means which, that what he, he was holding was classified. No, not, not, not when he not not if he not if he declassified it when he was president. United but he said that he did like, yo, what a, like this isn't even like a good lie. But he's sake. saying point Again, blank in this, this audio is, tape this that he did not declassify it. It's, it what you're oh, saying just doesn't make sense on its Dana, face. This is what what this what this truly is, Dana, is is a, is an affront to the rule of law. It's an affront to consistent application of the law. You had Secretary Clinton who had classified material on a server. She was not president of the United States. She was Secretary Clinton. You have that happen. Nothing happens to her. When you have two people who do the 
the same thing, and one has the standard that I've talked about, but the only one who gets indicted is the Republican. The only one who gets indicted okay. is the one who was actually president who did it the right way. Oh, my God. But wait, what, shouldn't we hold the president to a higher standard than someone else? Wait a minute. I mean, being the Secretary of State is a pretty, pretty, you know, high up there job in the government, but I, shouldn't we hold the president, any president, to a higher standard than, than the people in their cabinet? I don't understand this. The American people see. And the other thing that troubles me about this, and this is total affront to the rule of law, is that, that, they, that they, Jack Smith went and got the president lawyer's notes. You okay. talk about All a right. violation Let's talk of about fundamental that. Let's liberty talk about that in a second. Get access to Sir, I want to go back. Privilege. There's a lot attorney to unpack here. I want to go back important. to something. Now, he's running a gish gallop on you. Cut his mic and tell him to fuck off. We were going back about the classified documents, but there's something else I want to point out, which is that the Presidential Records Act says... So... They do a bad job of this when somebody just starts rapid firing claims at them, right? Because this person's interviewing him about like what's going on, right? They're not, this isn't like a debate. So the, the interviewer needs to be like, you know, we need to have a bit of a back and forth here. You've made, you've said a lot of things, you know, I have to respond to my audience to respond to the things that you say. If you make five or six claims right in a row, I can't respond to them. And if you keep doing this, this interview is over. But none of these people have the 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 courage to do that because journal. A lot of these people are like they would do anything to maintain access. To even even smarmy pieces of shit like Jim Jordan. Speaking of smarmy pieces of shit, here's uh here's Lindsey Graham. Uh, not not having such a great time on ABC's this week. We are joined now by Senator Lindsey Graham of South Carolina, who's endorsed Donald Trump for president in 2024. Senator Graham, thank you for joining us this morning. Donald thank Trump you. has said repeatedly, repeatedly that he did nothing wrong. Do you yeah. believe that? Well, here's what I believe. We live in an America where if you're the Democratic candidate for president, Hillary Clinton, secretary of state, you can set up a private server in your basement to this is what about business. And when an investigation Senator, is had about your activity. No, let me finish. Damn. No, don't let him finish. Be like that. I didn't. That's not the question I asked you. Well, yeah, I'm trying to answer the question from a Republican point of view. Right. But that's the problem. Why don't you just answer the answer to the question? Isn't a Republican or a Democrat answer to the question? It may not be acceptable on this show. Yes, I don't like what President Trump did in certain aspects. I don't like that Joe Biden had classified information on the garage. I don't like that Mike Pence carelessly took classified information. I don't like any of that. But what I don't like is a system in America where the secretary of uh, state, who's a Democratic uh, candidate for president, has people take a hammer to social media devices and break them apart, apply beach, uh, bleach bit to a hard drive to erase emails, allow classified information to get on a felon's computer, Anthony Weiner. You haven't even mentioned that. Most Republicans believe we live in a country where Hillary Clinton did very similar things and nothing happened to her. President Trump will have his day in court, but espionage charges are absolutely ridiculous. Well, then he should be uh, acquitted. He did not commit espionage. He did not disseminate, leak, or provide information. No, no, no. The espionage, everything, not every part of the Espionage Act is like fucking, uh, like, uh, burn notice or whatever, right? You're not out there. You don't have to leak the stuff. 
stealing it is bad enough because we don't know it is unknowable with all the people that this guy's met and had to mar-a-lago and all the places he's been it's impossible to know if he revealed any of this information so that the possession of it is the thing that can be proven foreign power or the news organization to damage this country he is not a spy he's overcharged did he do things wrong? Yes, he may have. He will be tried about that. But Hillary Clinton wasn't. Your old boss committed perjury in a civil lawsuit, lost his law license, obstructed justice in a dozen ways, and he didn't get prosecuted. I know and he I was impeached. Well, he was impeached, but he wasn't prosecuted. You, you've made you've made you've made your point. But you, you also said something that I believe Thank is you. not true based on what's in the indictment. You said that he did not disseminate any of this okay. information. In fact, there's an audio tape in the indictment where he's talking about the secret information, saying he knows it's secret, knows it's not declassified. Okay, let's let's talk about that. I don't know what happened. I haven't heard the audio, but look at who's been charged. Oh, I haven't listened to the audios, but I'm going to fuck it. Well, you didn't listen. I guess you got to take the interviewer's word for it then, don't you, asshole? Julian Assange, Edward Snowden, Chelsea Manning, people who turn over classified information to news organizations to hurt the country or provide it to a foreign power. Wait, Chelsea Manning was tried, convicted, and did her time, dude happened here. J Donald Trump, you may hate his guts, but he is not a spy. He did not commit, commit espionage. What he did is very similar in my view. So he's conflating like a charge related to the Espionage Act with like our colloquial understanding of what espionage is. Clinton did. People in the Clinton case took a hammer to a Blackberry and destroyed it. They wiped clean with bleach bit emails. They said they were so, all personal, but some of them actually were classified, and it wound up on Anthony Weiner's computer, and not a damn thing happened to her. Uh, Senator, first of all, she was fully investigated. They found no, the, the investigation found no <laughs> yeah, intentional right. holding back. Well, fine. Donald Trump was president for four years. He had his Justice Department in place for four Give me years. A break. But se setting, setting that well, aside, you keep, there is an audio tape of Donald Trump saying he knows this is secret information, he knows he's sharing it with other people. How is that okay? It's, I'm not saying it's okay. I'm not saying it's okay to take a hammer to a, a right. blackberry. Oh, I just get the fuck out of here. None of this is okay. When I, when Chris Coons, my good... Get the fuck out of here. That's, they're all going to do this too, that they're going to stay on this but Hillary and the... The interviewers need to just be like, hey, this is not what I'm asking you. You know, we've been over this Hillary stuff. Um, I'm asking you about this particular case. This is dumb, too. Like, let's say I'm being investigated by the police for whatever. I don't know. Whatever it is. And then and, and my defense is, oh, well, my neighbor committed a crime, too. Well, that's not really a defense. We're just we've just both committed crimes. It's not a defense for me that someone else did something bad. This is, this is dumb as fuck. They either need to say that he didn't break the rules, which I, they could probably just get away with lying and saying that shit, or like maybe they should just shut the fuck up about it. I don't know what happened. I don't know what's going to happen, and I'm uh, going to wait and see. And I think we all uh, are going to have to wait and see. Here's the a former Attorney General of the United States, Bill Barr, uh, speaking on the same matter. 
based on the facts, as the facts come out, I think over time people will see that this is not a case of the Department of Justice, you know, conducting a witch hunt. In fact, they approach this very delicately and with deference to the president. And this would have gone nowhere had the president just returned the documents. But he jerked them around for a year and a half. And the question is, did he deceive them? And if there's evidence of that, uh, I think people will start to see that this says more about Trump than it does the Department of Justice. And that is that uh, he's so egotistical that he has this penchant for, for conducting you know, risky, reckless acts to show that he can sort of get away with it. It's part of asserting his, his, mm -hmm. his ego. And he's done this repeatedly at the expense of all the people who depend on him to conduct the public's business in an honorable way. And, you know, we saw that with both impeachments. And there's no excuse for what he did here. Whether it's a crime or not remains to be seen. So that's like a reasonable take from a Republican. And to be perfectly honest, I'm kind of shocked that that guy didn't run for president. I thought for sure Bill Barr was going to run for president. He was going to run on the, you know, I'm a conservative. I have a long conservative track record and I'm not crazy. I thought for sure he was going to run. And I thought he might have even had a decent chance were he to do that. Uh, I'm terrified of Bill Barr. Don't get me wrong. But, you know, in this case, he was he's like the most reasonable person the most reasonable Republican that we're going to hear on this stuff. Here's a, I hate to play a clip from the fucking Lincoln project. I hate the Lincoln project. They're like the, they may as well just go join the forward party, but here's a supercut of all kind of, all kind of Trump people fucking not too happy at all about all of this. You have crossed the Rubicon twice and we will never forgive you. Exactly how many times can they frame Trump? History will record today as the day that we cease to be a democratic republic. We don't have a republic anymore. This is the banana, re banana republic. Joe Biden should be impeached. Joe Biden mishandled classified documents uh, much more severely than Donald Trump. Joe Biden is the crookedest crook that's ever been in the Oval <laughs> Office. He's trying to take out his political opponents using the executive branch. This is what Putin does. This is what Xi does. This well, Putin gives you polonium. Bleach bit, hammers, emails, Burisma, Hunter. What did he do with the documents? Did he sell them to the enemy? No! It's a second tier d a double standard of justice in this country. This is about whether the Constitution is still real in this country. There's nothing in the Constitution that says he can't be president from inside. <laughs> well, he can pardon himself. Trump could run on pardoning himself. Vote for the pardon. Vote for the pardon. Yeah, the good old pocket pardon. The hashtag vote for the pardon. This is about whether any American, any American, can expect the due process of law. Think about the people whose lives have been ruined by this uh, unending pursuit yep. of Donald Trump. To punch in the face, not just us, but Washington and Adams and Jefferson and Hamilton and everyone who came after, uh, Lincoln, everyone who died on the field at Gettysburg <laughs> to save this nation. That He's is who pissed. is being punched in the face right now. President Trump is 76 years old. If the Department of Justice gets his way, he will die in federal prison. Good. I'm an innocent man. I'm an innocent person. I am not hopeful, but man, would that be, that'd be fan-fucking-tastic if this man spent the rest of his life in prison, not just for this shit, but for 
you know, slumlording, uh, slumlording around and all the contractors he fucked over when he was doing real estate, just all the people he fucked over his entire career as a businessman, you know? Anyway, there's also this response, which is a little turbo, almost put this in red light, but I was like, you know, it really goes here in this part of the program. If I were the commandant of the Marine Corps, okay, what I would do is order every single Marine assigned to the Marine Corps barracks to go grab freaking Biden, throw him in freaking zip ties into a, the back of a freaking pickup truck, okay, mm -hmm. and get him out of the White House. I would order that right now. Uh, and if the Marines don't do it, as a matter of fact, can I call the freaking Marine Corps right now? No. Comment on the Marine Corps? I have to tell you. Hello, Marine Corps? If I was in charge of a department there, and let's say I was in a, in a three or four star general level, mm. I would probably walk in and shoot Millie in the head. Whoa. And I would aggressively take over the entire legal. group. Yeah. If it were legal. Right. Right. Of and course. I would take him out and I would order an absolute. Say that again, I would have my hit list. Yeah. I'd have a hit list ready, and I would make. Behind the top right is like. That was on the I'm list. not going to say shit. The, 50, the, you know, the, the dirty fifty-one Schiff, Pelosi, Schumer. Literally, nobody would be left when I got done. I would snatch them all. Whoa, dude! It's good. It's good thing you don't have any power. Everybody, this is the kind of people that we're kind of up against here. It's a good thing that none of them motherfuckers have any power. They're crazy. That's fucking crazy. Anyway, not to be left out of the conversation, uh, here's the dumb dumb left. Uh, we got Ryan Grimm with a suggestion for if Trump is convicted. Now, I'm, I'm curious from your perspective. Let's, so let's say it's a solid case. Let's say you mm -hmm. can actually get, get a conviction. Kind of, uh, my take on this would be if he gets convicted, I would say that Biden ought to just pardon him. Let him do a week in prison and then pardon him because I think it's important Kind of for the public, I think it's important that nobody's above the rule of law, but I think it's also important for the public to have a chance to weigh in on this. Like, if he really is the public, you know, what are we going to weigh in on every criminal prosecution? Just the public gets to do that now. Biden for the nomination. Yeah. Let let that go to the ballot. Like, beat him at the ballot box rather than finishing him off completely through the judicial system because of what that could. Un but if he's tried and convicted by like a jury, that's fucking like what uncork in such an unpredictable way uh going forward so uh, convicting him having him serve something short but then pardoning him i think it does produce consequences uh that would deter if trump gets convicted he's gonna tell on everyone by the way and and you know future president if you think um, if it looks like he's gonna get convicted he's gonna rat like everybody out losing an iran war plan and or maybe right. giving it away by by being an idiot uh but I think the idea of like him like serving a long prison sentence feels too dangerous to the fabric of our kind of democratic society. I don't know. What am I, am I being too soft there? What do you think? No, you're being an idiot. You're being an idiot. You're suggesting that he's above the law because he's the former president. Anyway, someone, I have two songs that people wrote about this. The first one's pretty funny. I like it. She's uh, also a really good singer and doing, a, doing this kind of live on a, I don't know what kind of device it is. It looks like a sampler or like a, like a looping, a looping device of some kind. Very, very cool. But uh, the reason I like it is, well, that is that and uh, the song too. Check this out. 
That motherfucker's guilty. 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 That motherfucker's <laughs> that's great very talented too hell of a singer hell of a singer there fucking and uh here's another song not maybe not quite as uh good <laughs> but a little bit funnier um this is uh well you'll see here twitter's being a bit of a pain in the ass hang on a second here great website they got over there Come on. Okay, here we go. Check this out. I'm so indicted, and I just can't hide it. I'm about to go to jail, and I don't like it. I'm so indicted, and I just can't hide it. I know, I know, I know, I know, I know. I am so screwed. (laughs) oh i don't think he is though i don't hold out hope here i think that uh, i think this is all even if he goes to trial i think it'll end up being a hung jury because there's nobody in this country that doesn't know uh who donald trump is and so like the trial is just going to be a shit show if there is one although because of that they may do a it's a federal case so they may do a panel of three judges um which would be interesting but people would be very angry about that um and up next is we're done with our news on the Trump indictment. Sort of. We're going to ease our way out of it here. The uh, the GOP primaries are going to be pretty fucking spicy. Here's uh, here's Chris Christie at an event. Let me tell you something, everybody. The grift from this family is breathtaking. It's breathtaking. Jared Kushner and Ivanka Kushner walk out of the White House and months later get $2 billion from the Saudis? $2 billion from the Saudis. You think it's because he's some kind of investing genius? Or do you think it's because he was sitting next to the President of the United States for four years doing favors for the Saudis? That's your money. That's your money he stole. And gave it to his family. You know what that makes us? A banana republic. That's what it makes us. So... He may get 30% again. I'm not sure. Maybe he'll get more. Maybe he'll get less. But let me tell you what he'll know in 2024 that he had no idea of in 2016. He's in for a fight to get it. Chris Christie's not going to win the primary. Nobody's going to, Trump's going to win the primary. Even if he's fucking under indictment, he's still going to win the primary. So uh, here's, here's box wine Janine Pirro. She's going to be talking about uh, the air quality in New York and whether or not you should wear a mask. And while Americans choke on the smoke, the far left smells an opportunity. A AOC thinks this is a great time to push her Green New Deal. She says that we must, quote, adapt our food systems, energy grids, infrastructure and health care to prepare for what's to come. Other Democrats are pumping up climate hysteria and bringing back, you guessed it, mask insanity. (laughs) I wear my mask in solidarity. Climate change is not a hoax. 
we're not only seeing the haze from these fires, we're also feeling it in our very own lungs. The work to protect our climate is far from over, and we're dangerously behind. It's only getting worse, uh, but this is why the president has made climate change uh, a priority. This is why he's taken the aggressive actions that he's taken, historic actions. So she's like, oh, we're bringing back mask insanity or whatever. Well, the air quality is really bad. You might want to wear a mask. It's not going to do, it's not going to be perfect, but it'll stop some of the particles from the fucking smoke. My God. Uh, here's another, here's another hit about the air in the, the Northeast. Don't worry about it. It's fine. This is of course from Fox News. Look, the air is ugly, it's unpleasant to breathe, and for a lot of people, they get uh, anxiety over it. But the reality is there's no health risk. Okay, there's what? Uh, EPA research, they've done lots of clinical research. This is, the, why are you, like, what, he, this is a lie. On uh, asthmatics, on elderly asthmatics, on children, on elderly with heart disease, um, not a cough or a wheeze from any of them. We have this kind of air. Not a cough or a wheeze from any of them? No, not right now. It doesn't. Then, um, if the air is like bad for a day or two, yeah, the, you're you're probably gonna be you're gonna be fine. But if it's like continues to be like this, it's really bad for your fucking respiratory system. Speaking of, do you do you notice like in all the coverage of you know Bill Ware, the tailpipes, all this stuff, they never ever mention the fact at the top that China is the number one polluter in the world. Never. Yeah, this is like clean air in China. I mean, it's really bad. Uh, you know, they, in the winter, they never turn on their scrubbers for their air pollution because they don't care. Weir has no idea what he's talking about. This doesn't kill anybody. This doesn't make anybody cough. This is not a health event. This has got nothing to do with climate. First off, these, this is wildfire smoke. This is natural. This is not because of climate change. <laughs> it's not amazing. because of a fossil fuel, you know, uh, internal combustion engines. He just has no idea what he's talking about. Um, all day, by the way. Wait, natural. I thought the fucking space lasers start the fires. Figures that we've become accustomed to seeing on television during these crises, they seem like they were back in their element and, and kind of um, almost enjoying the moment of wearing masks, masks again, <laughs> didn't they? They seem to have a little pep in their step with those masks. Now, they talked about the dangers of something called particulate matter yeah. from the smoke. Yes. Here's CNN earlier. Consider wearing a mask, and that is because of the particulate matter in the air. This is among the tiniest, most dangerous kind of pollutants, and it's the kind of thing found in this wildfire smoke. These, are, these, particu these particles are so small, they can get into the lungs when you breathe them in, get into the bloodstream, and cause all kinds of health issues. Steve, we're back at the masks. <laughs> Ramin Asqui is... Oh, my God. Why are, you, why, are you, why are you so mad? Like, this is... A, yeah, if the air looks like that, fucking throw on a mask. It's not going to be perfect, but maybe it'll help. Ramin, I know you are. Go ahead. Yeah, this is crazy. This is all particulate matter, but particulate matter was not a concern until EPA invented it as one in the 1990s. And they Until the EPA invented it? What? They just invented it. Writing it, you know, the Obama administration, now the Biden administration. <laughs> well, what is it? <laughs> is it a health concern? Part, no, particulate matter is very fine soot. Um, the, well, you don't want just, to be breathing that just, in all well, day. They're just carbon particles. They're innocuous. Okay, by them, they're innocuous. It's innocuous. It's just yeah. soot. Uh, they have no effect. EPA has all this <laughs> testing. Just a, on what's, a, what's a little soot between lung cells? This is total junk science. <laughs> oh my God, no, that shit's bad to breathe in. It's like the air quality index. It says hazardous. You think they just did that? They're like, oh, you know what we want to do? We want to scare people and make them wear masks. No, it's because the shit's fucking bad for you. What a fuck, What a bunch of assholes. Like they're, 
And they're the thing is their their viewers in the like the Northeast are gonna fucking believe that shit. Like so people are gonna like I don't know, go outside and try to breathe in as much of it as possible or something. I don't know what's gonna ha- what's gonna happen. It's really bad though, but yeah, like wearing a mask when the air's like that, it's not the mask ain't that great. It's not like wearing a respirator, it's not gonna filter everything out. But if it catches some of it, it catches some of it. Oh yeah, if they have to breathe uh-uh. I mean Yo, they have, they, uh, most of those people do live in New York. I bet they got fucking HEPA filter, like HEPA filtration and stuff on their, uh, HVAC systems in their, uh, fancy, uh, apartment or condo buildings, right? Anyway, here's Marsha Blackburn complaining about what the kinds of things, I guess, that you can get in a vending machine in New York City. Say you had $11,000 and you were going to spend it on a vending machine. Would you put crack pipes and lip balm that's going to be given out free of charge? Well, that is what we hear they're doing in New York City. You cannot make this up. Uh, uh, You know what? Honey, can you run down to the crack pipe and lip balm machine? We're out of crack pipes and lip lip balm. What the fuck is she talking about? I have no idea what the fuck she's talking about. Like, I usually have some idea what kind of, where some of this is coming from, but I've never heard any of this. Crack pipes and lip balm. Here's a, Harris Faulkner has been hosting a Fox News, the show called Fox News Tonight. Here's a, here's two of her, two, here's clips from two of her opening monologues. Uh, I think she's trying out for a Tucker's time slot here. We've been dabbling in some dangerous things of late. It feels like the proverbial hour is midnight. The devil has gotten into some people. And the worst part of experiencing our country ripping at the seams is that our enemies are massing, feasting on the tastiness of our weaknesses. Our own citizens are breaking us. A billionaire had to take over Twitter to wrest it from the hands of liberals employed by corporate liberals who hate you. And women and children are being redesigned by some sort of mad leftist science experiment. The Lord has determined I am a woman, and my pronouns are U-S-A. (laughs) That was so sad. Oh, you're you're not going to get Tucker's job, Harris. You're not. Soul is at stake. Communist China would love to be the most powerful nation in the world and kill anybody who prays differently or not at all. China, Russia, Iran, North Korea. It means to them that we are weak, ready to be discounted. Or they'll be so converted by crime and drugs that they will continue to fall into a stupor, high on anything they can smoke or put in their arms. I would suggest we gather in churches and temples and where good-meaning folk pray and work together. All of this makes Election Day 2024 dynamically important. You know me, I'm optimistic. (laughs) She's fucking, she's not going to get that job. She's just not very convincing with it. Uh, Here's another, here's some more of her uh, hosting of her hosting uh, duties here. She's talking about the Spanish flu in uh, 1918, and uh, she's just incorrect about what she's saying here, of course. Over and over. 
And sometimes we make dangerously bad decisions like pandemic lockdowns and keeping our own children home from schools when a virus was hurting them far less often than adults. You know, we didn't actually close schools in 1918 during yes, the did. Spanish flu pandemic. Yeah, we, we didn't did. even have penicillin back then. We didn't. Okay, but penicillin is for bacterial infections. We did sacrifice. We suffered, but then we pressed on. Our enemies hate us for surviving, but they would love to be like us. Wait, we we had the most people per capita die of uh, COVID. Our enemies, we didn't survive as well as uh, our enemies did, I don't think. <sighs> anyway, it's time for a palate cleanser. I'd like to thank Ali Drew for always giving us a really, really good palate cleanser. And this one, this one is just a very, 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 it's a mean, mean little kitty, and it's so cute because the kitty is so mean. Check this out. A little tiny kitty over here on the on the, on the right of the screen here. Now watch watch how mean this kitty is. <laughs> oh my god here we're gonna watch that again that kitty's so mean i love that mean kitty and even the big kitty's afraid oh my god what a mean kitty i hope that kitty grows up to be nice Hope that kitty learns the error of, 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 of their ways and grows up to be very nice. So, uh, you all knew it was coming. There was an incident in Glendale, California at a uh, at the school board meeting where there was a bunch of anti-queer uh, people and, you know, they were clashing with counter-protesters. And uh, here's how KTLA 5 uh, covered the incident. I want to go to breaking news right now in Glendale, where arrests have been made. This after a very contentious debate over pride instruction at schools there and a school meeting uh, with the board tonight. And we understand the crowd obviously unruly with the arrest. Sandra Mitchell is there live as we understand a dispersal order has been issued. Sandy, what can you tell us? Micah, you're exactly right. There has now been violence just outside where the Glendale Unified School Board meeting is happening. Inside, they've been very civilized, but outside, you see this large gathering of Glendale police. We are told that at least one arrest has been made. There was a confrontation at Kenworth and Wilson here, just outside the Unified School Board meeting. Police coming over a loudspeaker, ordering the crowd to disperse, saying that this is an unlawful assembly and that they will not hesitate to use chemical agents against the crowd. So again, things are starting to calm down, but you can hear the police shouting those orders in the background. Again, we have two sides here. Uh, a lot of people from the LGBTQ plus community who are here in support of this curriculum 
curriculum that has been in effect in Glendale since 2019. On the other side, we have a lot of people waving American flags saying this should not be introduced to children at a young age. The very latest, at least one person has been arrested. Glendale police ordering the crowd to disperse, but people are really digging in here and refusing to go. We'll keep our eye on things and uh, bring you the very latest. Live in Glendale right now, I'm Sandra Mitchell. Share Micah. Back. Well, if they were, if they ended up using like tear gas, you know which side they'd use the tear gas on, right? All right, Sandra, thank you. We'll continue to monitor the situation there in Glendale. The Good evening, I'm Micah Ullman. We begin here at 6.30 with breaking news from Glendale where a, at least one arrest has been made outside a heated school board meeting where they are addressing LGBTQ instruction in the classroom. Okay, so that's just this. They, they, they really screwed up when they put this clip together because they uh, had it there twice. Anyway, there's a thread that we're not going to go through because I don't think we have time, uh, but you can grab it on the docket. It's a thread of somebody who was on the ground there with some uh, footage of the event as it went down. Um, but we're going to take a look at some some of like the things that happened this week that, you know, I believe kind of are leading up or lead up to this stuff and are, are creating this problem. Um, the first one is from Stu Peters, and he has somebody on who's been trying to have anti-pride events, and she's going to complain that not a lot of people show up to her events. Why isn't the rest of the country doing just exactly what it is that you're doing? I don't know. I mean, it's very frustrating. Uh, we've been an organization. I founded this Protect Texas Kids nonprofit about a year ago, and we've been protesting these kid-friendly drag shows for the past year. We've had dozens of these protests, and, you know, some will have a really good turnout, but for the most part, all of these protests only get about 15, 20 people. And so That's good. it's just wild to me That's that so many people complain about this stuff on social media. But at the end of the day, we need people out there protesting with us. You know, they think the left thinks they can say whatever they want. They can threaten us. They can assault us. But if we had a lot of people, I don't think that they would be doing that. And I think that we'd see a lot of these shows getting canceled as well. Yeah. What, what is the percentage of people who think that this is appropriate versus the percentage of people who are morally upright in our country that would be vehemently against this? And why is the passion so much more fervent for those that want to rape our kids? Whoa, dude, Stu, Stu, chill. Fervently protecting their kids. Like, what, what is the psychological breakdown here, in your opinion? You know, I think most of the country is against this, even at this past Saturday's event. It was the Dallas Pride Festival weekend-long thing, and they were hosting this kid-friendly drag show during it. And even some of the people going into the event did stop and talk to us, and they had no idea that kids were going in, and they agreed that that was wrong. And these are people that are on the left. They're going to the Pride Yes, oh, even the left agrees with me, even though they're violent. That, that agreed with us. So I think that the majority They're of Americans simultaneously violent and horrible, but they also agree with us like this lady. You know why nobody goes to this lady's event? Because she's stupid. Do not want this garbage going on. But at the end of the day, these people that are pushing this are so evil. And I think that's why it's so pervasive right now. And our side just hasn't woken up to that yet. And we need to. Yeah, they'll stop at nothing to get their hands on your kids and physically rape them and touch them and yo no that's what this isn't happening that's what they get off on that is the whole reason for these events make no mistake this isn't because they want to teach your children about expanding their cultural ideology no this is about normalizing the sexualization of your children normalizing sexual contact with the same sex 
older men, younger boys. No, this is not what's happening. None of the That's she's what what, uh, what do you see talk? He's like trying to he's she's kind of boring and she sucks. So he's got to up the ante here invite kids at all. I'm interested to hear the liberals or the leftists that you say were surprised to hear that kids were inside and they were against that. They went in anyways, didn't they? You know, I, I, I had a thought here. I think that maybe part of the problem is that we live in such a woke society now where a lot of the businesses or corporations that people work for are actually, you know, inundating their staff and their employees and their administration with this pride thing. Uh, you, you know, you see it on our military and our intelligence apparatus. I mean, the, the Army and the Marines are like changing their Twitter profile pictures to gay crap. Uh, well, okay, so in the intelligence uh, <coughs> field, there have always been uh, spies or operatives who are or willing to pretend to be gay to get information from opponents who might also happen to be gay. Do, does he think that that the fucking like that operatives never that this has never occurred that this never has never came up before? What a dumb fuck! Uh, and so in these work environments, the pressure is so tremendous to assimilate and to go along with this, or to just not say anything against this. That if they were to show up and protest these molestation, public displays of sodomy and rape and sin that they could potentially lose their jobs or their careers. They're afraid. They're cowards is what they are. And their bosses are cowards, and they're afraid to expose that. Do you agree that the social pressure along with the economic pressure is a contributing factor to why people are unwilling to do the one thing that we are supposed to be most passionate about, which is to protect our children from rapists and sodomites? I do think so. I mean, I've talked to so many people. Like they're showing, like, well, look at, they're just showing, like, they're just showing, like, wholesome imagery of pride events. Look at this. Tell me, um, you know, I'd love to support what you're doing. I'll keep up with you online. But Man, your B-roll, your B-roll makes pride look great. I just can't go to one of your protests because I can't risk getting fired from my job. That's the number one excuse that I hear. And you know, the doggos you know, like I it. I understand to an extent, but There's it's furries there. That. I mean, I'm out here. I'm a 23-year-old girl. I'm getting death threats when I go out. You're here. a woman. I'm having these grown men and grown adults tell me, oh, I can't go. You know, I'm scared I might lose my job. Well, you have to get over that. It's time to go stand up for this. These are our kids. This should be the number one priority that people have. But instead, they're making any excuse they can to get out of it. Yeah, that they, they had really, whoever picked the B-roll, like, like really missed the point of the thing they were trying to do there. Cause the B roll was just, first of all, it was almost all adults. Nobody was scantily clad in the B roll. Not like that's a problem. And one of the things I want to, I want to say is that like, and people get mad at me. Sometimes I have, I have people clap back at me on Twitter for this, but um, your kids will be safe at pride, but pride is not for your fucking kids. I don't, <clears throat> it's, it should not be marketed as family fun for everyone. It's a celebration of sexuality. Your kids will be fine there, but it's an event for the adults. And there just aren't enough adult fucking spaces in the world right now. Everywhere. The kids are fucking everywhere. Like, so like, again, I don't think there's any danger to you. If, if a family goes to pride, you know, whatever, that's fine. Especially at San Francisco pride. They just kind of stay over at the, in front of the, um, in front of the um, city building. There's all kinds of concerts and fucking activities and stuff there. But yeah, the events get the events get a little raunchy, and that's fine. They're for adults. 
I don't understand. These aren't, I don't think these two ideas are even in conflict. Anyway, here's Steve Deese. He's going to, um, he's calling for just mass arrests at Philadelphia pride. I don't know why he picked Philadelphia. Maybe he's from Philadelphia. Maybe he went to pride one time and saw a dick that he didn't like. Who fucking knows? I just saw this tweet from, um, one of our loyal listeners, Meg Brock or Pennsylvania yeah, mama, yeah, bear, mama bear, I should say. There's a new Philadelphia tour. I'm just going to read her tweet and I'm looking at the commercial right now. A new Philadelphia tourism ad features drag queens reading to young kids outside of Independence Hall. Mm-hmm. Find every person who is attracted to come to Philadelphia for defiling children this way and arrest You're not defiling them by reading them a fucking story. Single one of those damn bastards immediately in a nanosecond once they arrive without hesitation. Yo, even the Philly, even the pigs aren't going to do this, buddy. Every last one of them. And while they await trial, throw them in a hole and throw away the hole. Hopefully I gave Media Matters another article to write today. This is a great... That's actually where we're getting this from, is Media Matters. It ties into this question because what we, we won't do anymore, this is what the pagan hordes are doing. They have their ceremony. They have their narrow gate. You will conform to us. You will look like this. You will bow like this. They do it because they understand. Right with children. They get them. And then they, the outside transforms them on the inside. They understand the power of faith. They understand the power of religion. We, the supposed heritage of Judeo-Christian, don't anymore. So I think a lot of what's going on here is like the young adults now, uh, Gen Z, I guess they're called. Gen Z are more open sexually and uh, romantically and culturally than any other generation. And in the fucking midterms, they didn't show up like the boomers did, but they showed up way more than my generation did when we were that age. And so they're trying to make this an issue because uh, teaching uh, kids that it's uh, okay to be gay is going to mean that the kids are going to think it's okay to be gay. And um, that's um, because it's okay to be gay. And uh, they're going to, they're, they've been losing the culture war for a very long time. And I think this is, this is them trying to like push back in whatever way they can. I just don't think it's going to work. I think will and grace killed this. I think will and grace killed whatever this is. I, I, not even kidding. I think it was like it was like it was Will and Grace and then Modern Family built on that. No. This whole thing isn't gonna come down to the superior this thing called America isn't gonna come down to the superior plan, to the superior ideology, to the superior superior policy, but to the superior conviction. Period. That's it. They have their vestments. They have their ta tabernacles. Yes. They have their sacrifices. My the God. Tabernacles. Are, you call them zealous. Call them whatever you want. They are people of faith. We're, Radical we're, faith. We're sitting here having a conversation off the air with arguably the most influential Christian conservative leader in America. And if he's not in total, he at the very least is for the next eight months. Yes. Right. We're sitting here having a conversation with at least for the next eight months, the most influential Christian conservative leader in America. He's pretending to be Donald Trump's friend. About whether someone who is clinically insane has a role at all in our national defense. 
in the city of Philadelphia where this country's independence was forged is running ads for you to be a tourist. Ask yourself, what kind of tourist would be attracted to come to your fair city there, Philadelphian? Um, it was probably an ad to try to get people to go to Philly Pride. <clears throat> so anybody who wants to go to Pride. Like if you live, you know, an hour out of Philly and maybe you're, you're, you know, you're on the fence or whatever, some marketing might, not you specifically, but you know, that's how marketing works. It is marketing their city. And part of their city is they probably have a great pride event. With this message. What kind of, what kind of tourist gets attracted by a message like this? I doubt it's the homeschool family who is thinking of making a patriotic summer class trip. But they're already going to go there. Who responds to this kind of messaging and says, yes, yes, Philadelphia looks like the... Looks like the but that's not the only reason to go to Philly. There's music, culture, art. There's like a lot of reasons to go to Philly. If I got a free trip to Philly, I'd go to Philly. I don't give a shit about the Liberty Bell. It's for me. Hmm. And we're debating whether or not I know. there's a place for tranny madness in the military. Oh, sorry about the slur there, everybody. Come here. Come here, groomer. Come here, perv. Creeper. And have at our children. That's not what's going on here. Sister. No, no. This is coming down to one thing and one thing only. Conviction. Because we are not a nation of laws, and we never have been. We are a nation of political will or conviction, and we always will be. What a terrifying individual, Steve Deason. I've never, I've never seen his co-host, but fuck his co-host too. Yeah, Philly put out an ad right around Pride uh, season, basically saying, "Hey, visit Philly," and they showed some stuff uh, to market to the LGBTQ community. Well, yeah, because Pride's coming up, you dumb motherfuckers. All right, I got three clips of fucking Posey Parker now. We haven't done much on Posey Parker, but here's a. Uh, if anybody uh, doubts the the aim of the current anti-trans panic, here's a uh, here's Posey Parker just laying it right the fuck out, just right out in front of you for you to see it. Assuming Twitter allows us to do this, yep. Here we go. So, will we go back? Like somebody said to me, to, so I was having a discussion today, and someone said, "What do you, you know, will it, what what will happen? How will it end?" When will we know that we've won? And I don't think it's just when the government basically stop us transitioning children, although that is no small victory. That is, that's a massive thing if we stop the transitioning of children. I think we would also have to stop the transitioning of adults. Uh, yep, it's never been about the kids. It's about taking away the rights of trans people, be they, you know, be they, uh, be they kids who are you know, in the process of uh, learning who they are or just adults who are pretty damn fucking sure who the fuck they are. They just want to take away their rights too. fucking. <clears throat> Thanks. Uh, that's a lady that JK Rowling thinks is uh, brilliant, by the way. Anybody ever tells you oh, JK Rowling's just really a moderate who's just concerned that the ideology has gone too far. No, she's she co-signs this exact shit here. Here's the next uh, Posey Parker clip I have. She, this one, I believe, is her uh, talking about how they shouldn't be so squeamish about white supremacists showing up at their events. We are under the most immense global attack, and it's happening to us 
in textbook fashion all over the world. You have to bury your differences and divisions. You have to do that. I, if you're the sort of person that freely calls people uh, right-wing, white supremacists, if that's your bag, then you're not on the side of women. You have to clearly forget everything else. No, they literally show up at your event and you, this lady took a fucking picture in front of them. There were, they're like, they were dressed like the, they, they, there's a certain, uh, there's a certain look at these events. You know who they are. They, it was in, uh, the one where she took a picture, I believe was in Australia. So it wasn't the proud boys, but it was like, you know, uh, the Aussie version of that. And, uh, she took a picture in front of them and she's like telling her audience now that you have to just accept these people because they're on the same side of this as you are. But those people, they don't think women should have rights, lady. A lot of them people, they don't think women should have rights. You, whatever. I think she's, I'm glad this lady's dumb. Uh, here she is, uh, saying that we need to uh, get rid of, uh, parasites, not, you know, not fascistic language at all. And then you can start speaking up. And if you start speaking up, you encourage someone else to speak up and they encourage someone else to speak up. And then eventually everyone is speaking up and the nasty, pernicious minority of people who are managing to control our politicians, our judiciary, our education system, our NHS, those people will be silenced. And those that went along with them, we will not forget who you are. Our, our enemy is vast, is vast, and its long, slimy, slithery tentacles have reached right into central government uh, through every, through, through our media. It's such a small minority of people. It's not like they've captured every single institution and uh, education system and our judiciary and our social media platforms, everywhere we want to talk, everywhere we might want to visit, everywhere we might want to have private space or a little bit of woman something. Um, it's not that that's happened. And our fight is to get rid of these parasites throughout women's organizations. Parasites, like that kind of language is, and, she's like, you know why yeah. she doesn't mind when like fucking yeah. <clears throat> like Christian fascists show up at her event? It's because she agrees with them. Absolutely everywhere. They are difficult to avoid. Um, they are enmeshed in nearly everything. They are writing our policies. We are under the most immense global attack and it's happening to us in textbook fashion all over the world. You have to bury your differences and divisions. You have to- No, that's that. the same clip. I, if you're the sort of person that freely- Yeah, that's the, that's people, the, this is a super cut. Uh, that's the same right clip. <clears throat> She's like, if you just call people a white supremacist or white right wing or whatever, then you're not part of my movement. It's like, well, yeah, because the those are the people on your side. They're on your side. They show up at your events not to protest you, but to join you. <clears throat> here's a here's James Lindsay saying that um, basically the powers that be are engaging in intentional provocation of conservative Christians to get them to attack drag queens in order to create what he's going to call a drag Floyd moment. They're going after Christians. Expect expect i'm telling you expect a lot 
of insults to your faith over the next two months. This is an intentional provocation, an everybody. Int- Yo, James Lindsay used to be like a famous atheist guy. He was like one of them fucking Mick atheist people that was trying to get popular with that, and that didn't work. So now here's, here he is. He's sitting with, uh, I think uh, Lisa calls him LaFace, uh, Charlie Kirk. Provocation, because the powers that be, and I don't think it's the necessarily the guy on the ground in a dress and a wig or whatever, the powers that be. Why is he on the ground? Love nothing better than a reactionary moment where somebody loses it, lays hands on, or a fist on, or worse, a drag queen in this country. And all of a sudden, you guys saw in 2020 what happens when they find the perfect sympathetic story with the enemy that they've ginned up. In that case, it was the police. In this case, it will be conservative Christians or conservatism across the board. You can guarantee that if they can find a sympathetic story with a martyr at the center of it, with the big scary boogeyman that they've worked up as the monster that caused it, that we're going to have another summer of, I think the word is love, but that's how they use the word love. Yeah, summer of drag. Right? Summer, well, yeah. yeah, it's going to be summer of, of drag disaster. Oh, it's hot drag it's summer. Drag Floyd. <clears throat> I, he's, he's saying... Uh, coming right up to the point of basically saying there's going to be a false flag event, I think. But like, I don't want violence against queer people. I'm a queer people. I don't want that. Like, why does he think that we want that? We don't want that. I think it's inevitable, but that doesn't mean I want it. Oh, and here's a, here's a case of a Republican thinking that, Oh, some of this, uh, This legislation going around is uh, bad. Um, but the reason is because he has a transgender son. So a lot of times it's like when uh, Dick Cheney was vehemently against gay marriage until his daughter came out. And then he was like, well, I think we should leave it up to the states. And if the states want to have gay marriage, they should be able to have gay marriage. It's another case like this. This guy's name is Rick Colby. And he, I believe, is in the Ohio uh, legislature. I love my son dearly, just as I know many of you with children do yours. I'm a Republican, a Christian, and as anti-woke as you can get, no offense to the Democrats on the committee. My son is also a Christian. I have watched my son transform over the past 11 years into the son and man any father would be proud to have. I watched the debate about transgender people and attempts to ban gender-affirming care, and to be candid, I'm appalled. I see it breaking into this left-right thing, and it's really not. There are Republicans, there are Christians who have transgender children. The people wanting to ban gender-affirming care have no idea what it is like to be transgender or to have a transgender child. This is not something that's done on a whim. It's a deep-rooted dysphoria that, yes, even has spiritual elements to it. My son has a masculine soul, soul, and he said he's felt this way since he was five. He tried so hard to overcompensate and try to fit into being a feminine young woman by participating in beauty pageants. For years, he tried to be a young woman, and it didn't ease the ache and sadness in his soul, and it was only until he was able to transition to be a young man that the light in his eyes return. You've got to go easy on this. This is a terrible bill. This is not the simple issue being portrayed by the anti-trans people. So, <clears throat> I mean, good. You know, I think that, uh, like, when, when uh, gay rights happened, it was in no small part because more and more people learned that they knew gay people, that their neighbor was gay, that the relative of theirs was gay. Someone they cared about was gay. And I know that's like a shitty reason to like change your mind. Well, it's not a shitty reason. It's just like there are, you could have changed your mind on some of this. You can change your mind on this stuff uh, way before meeting 
and liking someone who's affected by bigotry. But better this happens than not, and good on him for speaking up against his party. Up next, we got a Mother of the Year over here. Definitely going to win Mother of the Year award. About a week ago, I was in my daughter's room, and I found something. She had hidden all of her nice, decent dresses and anything remotely girly in there. It was sticking out, though. There was one dress sticking out, and I saw it, and I thought, what am I going to do? Because like two weeks ago, I was trying to find her something nice to wear for Easter best. She had an Easter best day at school. All the girls were going to be wearing dresses. She hates dresses. No, not all the girls were wearing dresses. There are certain times when you need to dress like a girl and you need to dress decent, not like a homeless child. Whoa, dude, that's your own daughter? So you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to take all of her clothes out of the closet. I'm going to put them in my suitcase and in my closet. And all the clothes that she hid and played dumb about when I asked her, where are your dresses? That's all she's going to have to wear for the next couple of weeks. We'll see how long it lasts. Some of you might be like, okay, Brie, that's a little harsh. But you know what? Don't be dishonest. Don't try and hide things from me. Don't lie to me. There are consequences. <laughs> oh, that kid doesn't have a chance unless dad is like mega cool. And honestly, I can't wait to see her reaction. She is going to lose it. I am, I am 100% sure she's going to lose it. But sorry. I talked to her dad about it. He's on board too. Oh, nope. Dad ain't great either. It's going to be interesting. Stay tuned. No, 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 no. We're not going to stay tuned. Like, <clears throat> If your daughter's hiding her dresses, just sit and talk to her and be like, you can't lie to me. Be like, I know you have dresses. Don't lie to me and say that you don't have them. But then like, why the fuck does she care whether or not her daughter wants to wear a dress? Plenty of women don't like wearing dresses. Uh, here's, a, oh, here, here's a really dumb clip. Of, you know, pride cometh before the fall or whatever. Well, here's a here's a clip of uh, Todd Coconato, which is a really cool name, actually. It's a hell of a name, Todd Coconato. I wish my last name was Coconato. But here's him uh, with a weird, weird, weird statement here on how pride cometh before the fall. I got to just show you this. I think it's prophetic. My little daughter wanted to bring this in. She she went back out about the rainbow, you know, and we're we're gonna take back the rainbow. It's actually never left our possession, right? No, the point of it is that it's for everybody, you dumb motherfucker. Oh, uh, the other day it was interesting. I was asking Pastor Ken, I said, there's no uh, sandbags up here, right? Just want to make sure. <laughs> but the deal is, you know, honestly, I said, when I saw the president um, fall the other day, I didn't realize, it was, I think it was June 1st, and it's the sixth month of the year, and they're calling it Pride Month. And so here comes the month, and then he falls. Pride comes before the fall. Oh, pride comes before the fall, except that the fall came before pride in this case. Most pride events hadn't happened. And yeah, somebody in chat was saying, technically pride does come before the fall because it's in the summer. The summer is the uh, season before fall. Pride does cometh before the fall. That guy's an idiot. What a dumb fuck. I'm sure I'm glad a lot of these people are dumb fucks. 
Here's a fake historian, David Barton, just pushing real hard on uh, Christian fascism. Just real hard. What do we do now? I want to take you to a Bible verse, Proverbs 21, 22. Proverbs 21, 22 says, A wise man attacks the city of the mighty and tears down the stronghold in which he trusts. So a wise man attacks the strongholds. Or if you remember the great movie, uh, Prince's Bride, Billy Crystal, have fun storming the castle. That's what a wise man does, is he storms the castle. He attacks the strongholds. He goes right at the strongholds. Wait, what? So instead of being defensive or waiting to see what happens, we start attacking. We have to go on the offense. And so that's part of what you see in, in, that, in that Bible verse is storm the castle or attack the strongholds. Now, how do you do that? Again, going back to what the court has done in the last four years, the court has said, hey, all those previous precedents, 7,300 cases off the table. You know what that involves? It involves things like the Ten Commandments. And so the Ten Commandments, let's start putting up Ten Commandments again. Did you know that in the 1940s, more than 10,000 classrooms had the Ten Commandments posted? And there were 180 monuments to Ten Commandments at city halls and at state capitals. Go back to doing that. Let's put Ten Commandments back up. Let's well, then you're going to have to repeal the First Amendment, I think. Start public meetings with prayer. Let's start every city council meeting with prayer. Let's start school board meetings with prayer. Let's get everything going back to prayer. The same well, way. but then you're going to have to let me like do like a fucking satanic invocation at your your thing. You're not going to like that so much. And God, we trust this place. We ought to we ought to be putting the national motto up everywhere we can paint it. You can do the same thing with student-led prayer. It's okay to have prayer in schools if students lead it. So encourage your students. And yeah, they can have a prayer club. Absolutely, there's no problem. I don't even mind if the Christian students get together for like an after-school or lunchtime activity where they where they want to pray read the Bible and shit. Sure. To ask for prayer at schools and start leading prayer at schools. Matter of fact, we haven't been able to have prayer at graduations for about 20 years. And we used to do baccalaureate at churches before the graduations. Go back to doing that. This yeah, you can go to church before the graduation thing and you can pray after. You can pray by yourself during your graduation. You do all kind of stuff. Yeah, you can do all that. It's all, it's all, all gravy, baby. None of this is a problem. Table. This was taken out in the last 20 years when the court was saying, oh, you have to be secular. We don't have to be secular. Well, the, the law has to be secular. You yourself can be whatever kind of dumb fuck you want, dude. Nobody's stopping you. Oh, my God. This is from Elijah's List. This is the guy that has cat cur on all the time, and he has a bunch of QAnon-pilled people. Anyway, uh, they saw a cloud above Mount Rushmore that they think looks like Donald Trump. I'm not kidding. It's really basically the cloud formation right in the middle of that picture. And some yeah. people, if you can see it, there's it's like a three-dimensional. So there's a nose and there's shadows underneath the nose to give it definition. And the eyes are in the shadow. Yeah. And, and yeah, and, and depending on how I look at it and when I look at it, I see uh, the definition of Donald Trump. And um, <laughs> juxtapose or switch to that picture of Donald Trump. So we'll see that picture and then and go, then back, go, back. To, go yeah. back to the other. <laughs> it's, it's, kind of it's so great yeah kind of uh, people, people in chat are saying it looks like alex jones like sitting bull remember when you were a kid and you'd look up at the clouds and you'd be like i see a dinosaur that's what they're doing here see looking off well, and if you put donald you. trump back up again yeah yeah and now go back yeah he's looking that direction <laughs> towards yeah. the left he's looking towards the left of the picture yeah yeah <laughs> that was amazing Oh, I'm so glad I found that. 
the Elijah's List show is crazy. We should probably watch an entire Elijah's List show some night um, because it's just, it's incredibly pilled. Just so fucking pilled. That was like one of the least uh, bonkers things on the uh, on the Elijah's List channel that we've ever seen, actually. Um, here's another one from Elijah's List. This one is, uh, it's about prophesying and uh, getting it wrong. I've heard people say, you guys, you Johnny and Steve and some of you prophetic voices, you just thought something was going to happen. And now that it didn't happen, you're saying, well, it's really true, but it just happens behind the scenes so you can't see it. They go real smooth, right? So um, I don't know what if anything else can be said except we get it. We know who's accusing. We don't, I don't know if we know who, but we know we're being accused of rewriting, but it's never been rewritten. We've adjusted when we realize it wasn't right now. <laughs> yeah, it's like when the I mean, remember that fucking rapture was supposed to happen in 2012, and then it didn't happen. And like the main guy was like, "Uh, we'll push it back six months." They like, kept pushing it back six months. And I put it in a book yeah. that he would win the next election. Um, it did happen. It's just, yeah. and the proof has been rolled out probably in at least four formats publicly in some way or another, whether it's stuff Mike Lindell's revealed, whether it's something that Mike Lindell didn't reveal shit. Uh, I forget his name. What Phillips, he, I think Greg Phillips yeah, or something. What he's revealed, what the eye taste, eye test tells you what's been caught over and over. It's like, it's out there and it's, and it's recycling in the news, uh, in the alternative news over and over the election was fraudulent it was stolen it was fraudulent it was stolen so i say what so we say we were wrong because they short term got away with a steal uh i say no that yeah. that that's not it it's like people denied jesus rose from the dead i mean i don't think that happened the the elijah's list show is we got to watch an entire episode of it it's it's Every time we get clips of it, it's just amazing. Just amazing shit. Up next, we got uh, this guy's name is Tanner Furrer, Furrer, F-U-R-R-H. Um, this is a post by Hemet Meta, the friendly atheist. And uh, this guy is just calling for God to uh, take out Hemet Meta, the friendly atheist. Another hater of God would be somebody who is a full-blown atheist that mocks God, mocks his word. And I'll tell you what, the friendly atheist... I hate him with perfect hatred. Did he call him the friendly gaytheist? Because I thought that was me, but I'm not that friendly. I, I pray every night, or try to at least, to remember to pray that God would just, you know, take his hand and just squeeze his heart, that he would die a painful, slow, uh, uh, you know, just... Is that Christian love death? for you, everybody? Why? Because he blasphemes the name of God on a consistent basis. He's a, a, a disgusting freak. And he hates God. And guess what? I have perfect hatred for those who hate God. And, and that's the type of mentality we should have. There's obviously a very, you know, a, a section of people that deserve this type of designation in our heart for hatred, right? The friendly gaytheist. Yep, he keeps calling him the friendly gaytheist. Right? I don't think him at Meta is gay. I'm not sure, though. That's fine. You know, hate somebody else that hates God. You know, it doesn't have to be him. Just anybody that hates God, that means you're right with God. That's, it's healthy to have that kind of hatred in your heart. Why? Because you love God. 
we need to get some immediate application of this sermon. So you just pick you a, a, a hater of God, an enemy of God, and you can sing this song to them this evening. You know, this goes out to the fagly atheist or whatever. For me. Oh, thank you for bleeping that, Hemet. Couple haters of God. But also, what did? Why did he call him that? Thou will slay the wicked. Oh my God! This is a terrifying church. This is a ter- the, the 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 near the, uh, the next nearest church should just invade that church. <laughs> like cause the the church the the next closest church to that can't possibly be anything like that. So um, <clears throat> we got what. 12 minutes left. We got a couple stories. I think I did an okay job of pacing the show considering the sheer amount of fucking stuff that happened this week. We got, we got three, we got three more clips here. We got a uh, tiny dancer, Ben, just pretty mad that trans people like, uh, like the spider woman. Um, not sure why, but you know, we'll find out. It is another thing when there is a suggestion made and it's constantly being made. That children's characters are members of sexual minorities when they clearly are not. Okay, so the latest example of this is the new Spider-Man movie. I've not seen the new Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse movie. Into the Spider-Verse is a fantastic film. The, the, the first Spider-Man movie. The reviews of this one are, are good, but not great, I would say. So I'm, I'm interested in seeing it. Here is the new idiotic attempt to hijack characters. So the movie does include usual left-wing propagandistic sort of imagery. The biggest piece of propagandistic imagery is Gwen Stacy, who is Spider-Woman in an alternate universe, has above her door a giant flag that says protect trans kids. Okay. So she is, she's obviously, uh, at the very least, a left-winger. Right? Protect trans kids. That, that protect trans kids flag is only in the trailer. You know why that is, by the way? The reason why that is? Because they want international distribution. And you know where they're not super big on that kind of stuff? China. And then her dad's jacket at one point in the film also has a trans flag on it. He's a cop and he has a a trans flag on it. Also, her color scheme is hot pink and blue. So this has driven a huge number of people on the Twitters and in the in the gay press. to Is Ben's laptop off? Suggest that actually Gwen Stacy is a dude. Gwen Stacy is actually not a female. She's not a spider woman. She's no, she's a woman. If she's trans, she's a woman. She's not a dude, Ben. Woman. Because of the color scheme. Now, back in 2014, when this character was first introduced in the comics, my understanding is this was the color scheme that was used in the original comics also. So that that is just not true. Also, it's not true that they didn't. How do you know? Are you a fan? Why are all these people all of a sudden a fan, big fan of Spider Woman, the original Spider Woman? I'm skeptical of this. These people didn't give no fucks about Spider Woman. It would be kind of a weird moment when Miles Morales finds something he didn't expect to find if they end up getting together. That'll be kind of awkward. But what if Spider Man's open minded? Hijack children's characters and then propagandize them into completely different characters. Like it makes kind of a difference whether Gwen Stacy. Wait, but why would Spider Woman have to date Spider Man? That why, wait, no, no, no. That you don't just only date other Spider people. Is a boy who thinks he is a girl. That makes kind of a difference to the story, does it not? But apparently, the entire the entire trans community has now latched onto this sort of stuff in the same way that the gay community spent years claiming that Bert and Ernie on Sesame Street were like, why do you got... For- They're totally... Bert and Ernie are a couple. They took baths together, Ben. I just, 
There are lots of gay characters all over the place, okay? There's no shortage of gay characters in film and TV. And this character is canonically pro-trans. So why do you need to do that? And the answer is because seizing popular properties and then pretending they're a thing they're not is part of mainstreaming the idea. That is what it is. They have to, they have to take what is subtle. And or what if, what if trans people who like the movie and identify with the character are just doing a little fanfic about the character? Sort of trans messaging on, on like a little, you know, throwaway graphic. And they have to turn it into the center of the film. So the pink news says, quote, it's official. Fans of Spider-Man across the Spider-Verse are convinced that the character of Gwen Stacy is trans. And the evidence is compelling. Compelling. We read in pink news. Gwen and the environment around her are practically drenched in the trans pride colors during the sequence. With many seeing a scene, and there's a scene in which she announces that to her father that she, is the, she has a hidden identity as Spider-Woman. So first of all. The idea that a person who announced a hidden identity is therefore trans is absurd. The entire basis. No, what if it's an allegory, Ben? What if it's what if it's an allegory for being queer? Man, for literally all of Spider-Man's history. And by the way, the basis of pretty much all superhero comics, movies. Yes, Ben. Yes, Ben. Yes. Yes. That's yes. Yes. The superheroes have a secret identity. It is. Uh, these stories have been compelling to queer people for a long time because of the secret identity shit yes ben yes is someone has a secret identity and it gets revealed to someone it does not mean that superman is trans because he also masquerades as clark kent during the day but this is this is where we know but a trans person who is closeted has been forced to be closeted by society might identify with that ben you stupid motherfucker like i don't even watch a lot of movies i'm not into comic books like whatever but like I like understand the stories and yeah, they're, they're like allegories for people who have been oppressed. Fucking Stan Lee is on the record saying that about the X-Men. He didn't even, there's no, there's no, there's no, there's no, there's no hiding the ball there. What a, what a, just what a, what a, what a dumb group of people. Okay. Here's a, World-renowned historian Michael Knowles is going to give you uh, the real take on uh, the Crusades. One of the things that's interesting to consider as we're living in this moment and we are seeing the that in the present, the truth is being edited, right? We are being told right now that men can be women and that women can be men, and we are having voices that are censored if they say the opposite. It really makes you question history full stop if yeah. we cannot get a true account of things that are happening today and in the current moment what are the chances that when they told us exactly what happened during world war one the vietnam war world war ii that we got the full and the transparent truth i question everything right the crusades that's right. one that's been misrepresented i know there was a great line from norm Macdonald where he said he says, oh, you know, I'm reading in this history textbook here. It's amazing. What are the odds? It turns out the good guys won every single war that's ever had been happening. Right. Said, oh, okay. Oh, right. What are the odds? No, that, that's, of course, true. And so we, we do have to question a, a lot of these things. I mean, I, I use the Crusades as an example. I was taught Crusades were the evil, violent, terrible Christians going in and oppressing the poor Muslims who were just minding their own business. And, of course... Not only is that not what happened, the, the Crusades were a defensive war, and the Muslims had been trying to invade the West since the 7th century. But the ba Battle of Poitiers was, was fought 150 miles outside of Paris, not Mecca. But, and they were doing a lot of terrible things to the Christians in the Middle East. I could go on for, for hours and hours about the Crusades. But what that tells you is something's changed about our culture. Our culture used to teach the Crusades from a more 
truthful perspective and from the perspective that we're on our own side. We're the good guys. We believe in what we're doing. Now it's totally the opposite. So there is a saying that history is written by the victor, but it's not always true. And just because you won doesn't mean that the version of history that you're getting is inaccurate. And the the deal with the Crusades, it's it's more complicated. Like it's more complicated than like than kids are taught in like fucking sixth grade because they're twelve. And you get to like university level uh, history courses and stuff, and you learn about the Crusades. You learn that it was complicated; that it it wasn't just this simple good versus evil thing. Because almost nothing ever is. Uh, World War Two with the Germans, maybe it was a, uh, you know, a little little closer to being true, fairly close to being true, right? Like, not that not that the the Allied countries were all just these wonderful places, but it was. There's a clear who you should be rooting for in that, like when you when you go read history. But a lot of other conflicts, especially once you get further and further back into history, things get complicated. And there's a lot of shit that we don't even know and that, you know, historians are you know debating about and trying to fill in the gaps in our knowledge. So, I mean. But that's what makes history interesting. That's not a bad thing about history. That's what makes it that's what makes it cool. So before we get out of here, before we go into red light, everybody, we're going to check in on the Joe Rogan experience. Things aren't going so great over there. It's not just shitty news. It's propaganda that they did on behalf of the pharmaceutical companies. Agreed. They did it under the guise that they're a news organization. But how do they get so many people to book? That's why I'm like, how does a, a, a medical group get so many people to believe that? simple that they shut their businesses down and everything like it's well, they like they had to yeah. they had to i mean if the, the the government of la or the government of california tells you you have to shut your business down you have to shut your business down yeah and the people like me who got covid and got over it very quickly that that's infuriating because i have had the flu that lasted a lot longer than that yeah like with the you just happen to not get a bad case of it same for me big that, fucking right? deal they, that's why they were trying to limit monoclonal antibodies they, they didn't know they're not trying to limit them it's that there was a limited supply of monoclonal antibodies. Yeah, I, I said it wrong that, but the supply right was limited yeah i mean but yeah that's one cool that's one cool thing that bobby knows about he knows about a lot of that stuff oh my god he's the best source of information about i don't even know who the yeah. guest is because yes. he can he's so brilliant he can just recite it at any point like you can mm -hmm. bring it up and he'll explain to you what the actual test said versus like the actual test when they said the covid it was the vaccine was 100 percent effective do you know that who that? said that did that because two people i think the, the the way it was was like two people in the uh the placebo group got covid one person oh, in the nice. vaccine group got covid so it's double which means it's 100 percent effective that's the no uh, where the who the fuck says that you're not going to find any medical professional or um public health official that's going to tell you that any intervention for any disease is going to be a hundred percent effective it was something stupid like that like their measurement oh it was something stupid like that so dishonest yeah it's sneaky it's like they're technically allowed to say things that way right but like when they were saying things like it stops transmission they had to admit they 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 one of the ceos of pfizer one of the head executives had to give some speech at europe your i think it was the, the uk parliament and they had to explain that there was no testing done of whether they never tested to see if it stopped transmission 
They only tested to see if it gave antibodies. And it yeah, that's what a fucking vaccine is supposed to do. Did, mm. but all that other stuff was horseshit. You know, the like. No, 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 no. <clears throat> so here's how this works: if you get the uh, if you get the vaccine, your symptoms are going to be much less. One of the ways that you transmit the disease is through the symptoms: coughing, sneezing. Well, coughing mostly. And so if you get COVID, don't even know it, and you're not coughing everywhere, you might transmit it to somebody, but you're less likely to transmit it than if you're coughing everywhere. Adults on TV going, it's going to stop that virus in its tracks. The virus ends with you. You can't affect anyone. You can't get infected. It's a lie. That was a lie. And they know they said reduces. They, they didn't they say, say prevents. That Bobby Kennedy is spreading misinformation where every Robert F. Kennedy is spreading misinformation. Fuck Robert F. Kennedy. Everything he said is true. Yeah. No, there's no, no. We, we played clips. Uh, we did an intellectual dollar tree this last Wednesday about Robert F. Kennedy. He's still saying that vaccines cause autism money in agreeing with him. The amount of money that these news or organizations, supposed news organizations, get from being on the side of the pharmaceutical companies and being in their good graces is fucking millions and millions of dollars in advertising revenue. Mm. And they have a very- Yeah, none of the COVID grifters got rich. And so does YouTube. And that's why YouTube pulled your video. Yeah. <clears throat> YouTube doesn't give a fuck. YouTube just pulls a few videos every once in a while- to like tell the press that they're doing something about misinformation. YouTube is it's big business for YouTube. Misinformation is big business for YouTube. And I guess that's the podcast part of the show. Uh, live viewers don't go anywhere. Of course, we're going to go into red light. I got some interesting stuff in red light, including an insurance adjuster versus a roofer. I thought that was an interesting clip. A lot of stuff we haven't really talked about a lot uh, tonight. Um, you can support this project, patreon.com slash echoplex, or even better at eplex.store. There's a Patreon-like subscription there. And uh, a couple, there's a 50% off all of the stickers that I uh, mail out myself all week uh, at eplex.store. So uh, check that out. And uh, yeah, I'm Producer Dave. You can find me on Grinder And uh, goodbye podcast listeners and viewers. And uh, everybody who's here live, kind of a lot of you tonight. I'll see you in red light.
Saturday is Catterday on Echoplex Media, and not only are we posting fucking cats, we invite all content creators to join our open panel. Visit echoplexmedia.com slash panel to learn how to join. Every third Saturday is Operation Catterday, where we cover this week and last year and play the best clips from the cast of conspiracy characters that Now Space has learned to loathe. The show starts at 8 p.m. Pacific at twitch.tv slash echoplexmedia. Find our full schedule at echoplexmedia.com.